Good afternoon, Tuscaloosa and Internet World. Hello, everybody. How we doing on this wonderful Wednesday? Joe Gaither hanging out with you guys for another edition of the Joe Gaither Show right here on Bama Central and on the a part of the BamaCentral.com broadcasting network. We appreciate Chris Walsh and all the other members of the broadcasting network hanging out and putting us on each and every day. You can check us out on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, on Spotify, Apple Music, any place where you're getting your podcast. You can find us right there. Just search up the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central. You can look us up and find us. Jump right in and join us. You can send us uh, your comments, questions, queries, and complaints right there to our Facebook side of things, to our Twitter side of things. Find me at JoeGaither6 and you can find all of, all of our content. Go back and replay any of our uh, any of our episodes if you might have missed one on Spotify, YouTube. They're all available right there on Facebook and Twitter as well. So, we're going to have a lot of fun today. We're going to have a fun show today. I'm expecting... Uh, I'm expected to be joined by Ronnie Cottrell, Mobile Christian High School, uh, Mobile Christian School uh, coach. He's been coaching at Mobile Christian for seven years now. Always going into his eighth season, and we're going to have him on today to talk about Deontay Lawson and to talk about Sterling Dixon. Uh, Deontay Lawson, you all know, is going into his third year with the Crimson Tide. Redshirt junior, uh, redshirt sophomore. Yes, redshirt sophomore going into his third year with the Alabama Crimson Tide, and is, is expected to be the lead inside linebacker. He and and Tresman Marshall. There's another another few names getting thrown around for the inside linebacker position at Alabama, but uh, I think that uh, Deontay Lawson uh, is going to pretty much be the lead dog at the inside linebacker position. So we'll talk to Ronnie Cottrell about Sterling Dixon. We'll also talk to him, or excuse me, about Deontay Lawson. We'll also talk to him about Sterling Dixon. Sterling Dixon is a class of 2024 uh, edge rusher, inside linebacker, side defender, basically. Uh, is ranked as the number 12 player in the state of Alabama. He's been committed to the Alabama Crimson Tide since uh, December 1st of last year. So uh, we'll talk to him to get to know Sterling Dixon. And hopefully uh, hopefully Coach Cottrell can set us up with Sterling Dixon here in a couple of weeks or, you know, a couple of days here. Uh, as And hopefully we can help uh, Alabama fans get to know Sterling as his recruiting uh, is continuing to heat up. I know he took a visit this past weekend to LSU, so we will hear from Coach Cottrell. Uh, at, at, we'll hear from Coach Cottrell about that visit and kind of where his recruiting stands. We'll also probably talk to him about his time at the University of, the, of Alabama. Coach Cottrell has an extensive history uh, both at Florida State and at the University of Alabama and is coached all across the state of Alabama at, at various high schools as well. So looking forward to getting him involved in the program today. Uh, before we do that, let's, uh, let's, let's go ahead and talk about, uh, well, let's talk about EA Sports. Let's talk about video games. Let's talk about NI. Let's talk about uh, proper compensation for these uh, football players. Today, uh, this morning, uh, news and notes coming out that essentially college football players are uh, starting to ban or come come together against EA Sports uh, to basically not be in the game. Not be, if it's in the game, it's in the game. No. Uh, EA Sports, let's see, the College Football Players Association is organizing a boycott of the 2024 EA Sports college football game because the payout for the athletes is expected to only be $500. So I, you know, throw that out there and you're like, what the heck, why? Why, why, why is one 
why for both sides why for the athletes are you gonna boycott the game if it's only five hundred dollars well let me let me let you know if i were a college athlete i would be the bottom end of the roster i would be the fourth string offensive tackle who gets all the water i would be the the eighth string punter you know i would not be Caleb Williams, I would not be Deontay Lawson, I would not be Kool-Aid McKinstry, I would not be, you know, Joe Milton, one of these premier players that's coming up in 2024. I would be a guy you've never heard of. And so, look, most of college football is full of guys that you've never heard of. Most of college football is full of just random guys who are getting their scholarship, gonna be playing. I mean, look, there's only 130 FBS programs, so you don't know all the stars. Do you know the roster at UConn? Do you know the roster at Cincinnati? No disrespect to those programs. Indiana, Illinois, like, come on, no disrespect to those programs, but they're not churning out star players. So what the heck are we doing here, uh, uh, College Football Players Association? Take the $500, get yourself into the game, get the, the name like, oh, look, they say Joe Gaither, you're the eighth-string offensive tackle for Alabama. Do you want to get in the game, have your name in the game? We'll give you a $500 check. And I say, heck yes, man, I'll take my $500 and I'll play with the character, the name, image, and likeness of myself, and I'll enjoy myself. Look, the only players... There are very few players. There are very few players across the entire landscape of college football that are worth holding out for. That are worth uh, that are worth you know putting the pressure on EA Sports. All right, let's put it in comparison. In comparison, the NFL athletes who are in Madden. I mean, this is the closest one-to-one comparison. The NFL athletes that are in Madden uh, earn, I think, $28,000 for their name, image, and likeness. Okay, I just gave you that there are 130 FBS teams. You all know there's 32 NFL teams. 32 NFL teams. Each of them have to adhere to a 53-man roster. All right, so you're operating with far, far, far fewer players in the NFL than you are in college football. Additionally, your NFL players all have some semblance of notoriety. You can be the 53rd man on the roster, and pretty much everybody, uh, all your fan base pretty much knows who you are because the rosters are so much thinner. You've been drafted. You've been selected. You've proven yourself to be valuable at some point in time in your career, whether it be in college or whether it be in the pros. You've proven yourself and proven your name. So that's why you're getting more money. You're more valuable as an NFL player. All right. Let's just be honest with ourselves. If I play for San Diego State, if I play for, you know, Washington State, I might be the best player on that team. I could be a defensive end. I could be a cornerback. Think about, ooh, Christian Gonzalez for Oregon last year. Great, great, great cornerback. You know, good player. But the average college football fan doesn't know who Christian Gonzalez is. No disrespect to you, sir. Ended up being a first-round pick. The college football fan, the hardcore fan, knows who you are. But the average fan doesn't really know who you are so i i think you take the 500 bucks you pocket it and you, and you, what do you do uh josh pate took uh was it josh pate no it was barrett salee excuse me barrett salee of cbs sports uh took to the twitter machine earlier today and said that the players need to accept the 500 dollars check hold on to the, the the check don't cash the check it'll be worth far more that he said it'll be worth far far more month uh far more in um in the future, as a collector's item, as a collector's item, you could probably sell that check, uh, and, you know, void it out and, and sell it, uh, sell that check uh, for, for for far more money. So look, if I'm a college football player, if I'm at, look, if I play, if I play even Vanderbilt, there's 
I'm taking the money. I'm going to get my picture made because I'm sure it's all about like getting a picture, getting a face scan, so that they can get your record, you know, get your likeness into the game. Make sure that you write your name G A I T H E R correctly in the submission form, so that it's spelled correctly in the game. All of that stuff, and you can get your pronunciation Gaither, Gaither, so that whoever the commentators are in the game will pro- will pronounce your game correctly. It's going to take no work at all for these players to participate. Nothing. No, it's going to be nearly no work at all for them to participate. The guys that should be worried about are the guys that should say, hey, we're worth more than $500. We're worth more than just, uh, than just you know, here's, here's a check and, and get on about your business. You're Caleb Williams. We just talked about him. You're Caleb Williams. You're Joe Milton's. Heck, maybe Jalen Milrow, maybe Tyler Buckner. Your players that are actually going to be the faces of these large programs. Who's going to be at Ohio State now that C.J. Stroud is gone? You don't really know. Maybe you you get J.T. Tuimolo, the defensive end. Like, it's just going to be, there are going to be few and far players, few and far players who are going to be worth uh, negotiating with EA Sports. Quinn Ewers comes to mind. I, I'd say maybe five to ten quarterbacks, maybe three, four, five running backs, a couple of receivers, and a couple of key defensive players. You could probably cap it at 20, 20 stars, 20 to 25 real stars that have bargaining power with EA Sports. Now, if I'm EA Sports, if I'm EA Sports, I'm just looking around and, and I say, oh, uh, <laughs> uh, if I'm EA Sports, all, all all I do is say, oh, you don't want my $500? You don't want my $500? We just go ahead and get rid of you, or we don't need you. We can be, we can call you quarterback number 12, as they used to do for the Alabama quarterbacks. We can call you running back number 23. We can list your name as just something very generic and still put on the product because the EA Sports already has the licenses with the universities, with the NCAA. They've already got the, you know, so they can put anybody random player x in an alabama uniform and sure it might be an african-american and he might be wearing number four but if Jalen milrow doesn't opt in and doesn't take these 500 500 all they got to do is put qb4 on the back of his jersey like they used to do and so look for players think about that you just need to go ahead and take this 500 bucks because you look you all maybe the players don't remember because the players were not even <laughs> I wonder how old they were in 2014. Ten years ago, they were seven. They were six, seven, eight, nine years old the last time that EA Sports put out a game. So I wonder if they even remember this or remember this concept. You had to go on to basically the online servers and say, oh, I'll download Joe EX's file. I think it was Pasta Padre used to have a file pretty much every year. You you, you download the files and then it gives you, oh, Jalen Milrow, Jace McClellan, Malik Benson, Isaiah Bond. It, it, it implements all the names. At zero cost, it used to do. Zero cost. So the players, look, you, you need to go ahead and take your check. Make sure that your face looks right. Make sure that your name is spelled correctly. Make sure that the announcers are saying your name correctly. All that stuff. Go ahead and get into the game. And and, and honestly, take your 500 bucks and, and say, hey, look, we are in the first edition. Take your 500 bucks. Put it, look, buy two copies. S- sell a copy later, later on in life. When you say, hey, son, do you want to see me in a college football game? I know that you're probably on PlayStation 12 by now, but let's break out the old PlayStation 4 and and look at Daddy in a college football game. I I, I think uh, the players will regret it, will kick themselves in the pants if they end up not getting into the game over $500 and over saying, oh, that's not enough money. I mean, what would the pool be? What would the pool be if 
they gave all of the players even a, a double a thousand a thousand dollars. I am I, I think for the players they need to go ahead and uh, and, and take the money. Yeah, exactly. I, I see a commentator. Maybe I'm off here, but EA Sports has all the leverage. Don't want a five hundred dollar check? Cool. Now you're Hinkle McCringleberry with a sixty two overall rating. That's from at Tiger Commentator. If, aren't you Jalen Milrow and don't you want to be rated 92, 91 overall, 88 overall and have it say Jalen Bleepin' Milrow from, what, he's from Channelview, Texas? Or is that Jalen Hurts? Uh, they're both from the Texas area. So I think these players are dumb. I think these players need to go ahead and accept the money right up front. Hey, everybody. Happy June. All right, we're still waiting on our man, Ronnie Cottrell, to jump into the stream. I'm actually going to shoot him a text message to make sure that he has gotten everything. And I'll clean this up in post in post-pro. Let's see. Are you joining, sir, soon? Excellent. All right, and while we do that, we'll go ahead and move on to our next topic. We'll talk about uh, Nick Saban. Nick Saban going up to Washington, D.C. Nick Saban has had a very busy week. Uh, Nick Saban, as you all saw, what? Uh, last Friday, he, he dedicated the uh, the most recent uh, he dedicated the most recent Nick Saban uh, Nick's Foundation for Habitat for Humanity. Look, he turns in on uh, Tuesday. They, they all go up to visit a uh, children's care in Birmingham. They also end up having what Leadership Day on the lake on Monday. So he's had a busy week. Well, today he's going up to Washington D.C. Uh, he's going up to Washington, D.C. to meet with congressional leaders and lobby for help stabilizing college sports. Stabilizing, you know, he thinks it's all out of control. And there's a large contingent who, who see that as well. I don't really see it that way myself, but Nick Saban does, and obviously he has the power, and I do not. So he's going to Washington, D.C. to uh, help, quote, stabilize college sports. Coach Saban said, quote, I think the whole idea is we want to provide information based on our experience so that maybe people that are involved in the House and Senate both sort of have an idea of what the issues really are and how it can impact and affect college football and, and in the future. Uh, he, he went on to say, I don't know exactly what the answer is, but I think if we can get more people aware of what the issues are for them to have an input on how we can sort of create a model that would help create some competitive balances, but still give people opportunities to use their name, image, and likeness to earn. I think it will be a good thing. Oh, uh, where is the link? It is in your email, sir. All right. Excellent. Uh it, Make sure that I sent it to him. I definitely did. We love doing things on the fly. Our cultural perfect. I'm sure that's really blazing for everybody who's listening right now. So we'll we'll, we'll edit that out and cut. I don't know what the answer is, but I think if we get more people aware of what the issues are for them to have input on how we can sort of create a model that would help create some sort of competitive balance, but still gives people an opportunity to use their name, image, and likeness to earn, I think it would be a good thing. Look, Coach definitely wants to go back to some sort of competitive, uh, wants to go back to where uh, name, image, and likeness is controlled and is uh, is really regulated. But look, I, look Coach, you're, you're off base here. Create some sort of competitive balance. We've never had competitive balance in college football. You've never had it. Not in my lifetime. Not ever throughout, uh, throughout college football. 
Why does Alabama, or I mean, why do the Alabama fans feel so proud about their program? Because of the history. Alabama has been dominating college football throughout time, really, since the early days of college football. And is it because of the resources put into it? Certainly, certainly. Is it because Alabama is just better? I mean, there's, maybe there's just a little bit of that. But the haves have always been the haves. The Michigans, Ohio States, the Texases. Like, they've always been the haves. The USC's have always been the who's who. Well, UConn, they're, look, they say they're in D1. They say they're FBS. San Diego State, they're all, they're, they all say they're in Division One. They're not really competing. There's no competitive balance between Alabama and UTC or Alabama and we're bringing in MTSU this year. There's no competitive balance at all. And so Coach is, uh, I think, a little bit off base in, in, uh, in his messaging there, but he's obviously going to go up to Congress and try to get some things done. All right, so let's, uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's have some fun here. Let's turn it over. Let's change our topics here. We're going to welcome in Ronnie Cottrell. He is a head coach at Mobile Christian School. He's been there for seven seasons, going into his eighth year, 60-29 and 29 over, uh, overall record, uh, has had immense success at Mobile Christian School. Ronnie, thank you so, so much for jumping in and joining me today. I appreciate it so much. I hope your Wednesday is going well. Oh, it's going great. There's nothing wrong with being – a proud Alabama fan. I was listening to some of your comments before I jumped on because we have a lot of them. We really do. I have a fine player at Alabama right now that played at Mobile Christian that if our fans don't know who he is, they will be they will be getting to know him soon. Uh, his name is Deontay Lawson. He's number 32 and just what a fine, fine person he is. Coach, that's perfect because that's what we set it up earlier in the the day. We want to talk about Deontay. We want to talk about your other fine player, Sterling Dixon. I want to kind of get to know about him. And then I'd love to just kind of talk about some of your coaching history and you you have the who's who uh, you've rubbed elbows with and coached with as well. So I'm I'm really excited. Why don't we start with Deontay since you brought him up. Uh, He started four games last season for Alabama down the late stages of the year. I was all summer long saying Deontay Lawson is going to be the starting inside linebacker. It took him a little while to get into that role but really I think he's going to be a superstar I think he's going to be a stud this coming up season what can you tell us about Deontay that the average fan maybe doesn't see when they're watching him on on the field well Deontay came to Mobile Christian as a baseball player he was a left-handed pitcher first baseman and our baseball program is a phenomenal program Uh, but somewhere along the way two or three years into it he kind of played basketball and football, didn't play baseball. But he, and, and I truly believe I've been in evaluation most of my life as a college coach. I think he's an NFL player. Uh, the coaches love him there. Uh, they love him because he's the things that are important to coaches are important to Dante. And um, I mean, he's very dependable, very bright. Uh, outstanding student. I noticed uh, already this since he's been there, he's already been the player of the month multiple times for the athletic department, which it, which really entails more, you know, their personal life and the type of person they are. But no, he's going to be a great player. He's, he's a student of the game. Truly is what you're looking for as a college coach when you're recruiting players. 
Absolutely. Well, I got to see Deontay Lawson in his final game playing against ACA right here in Tuscaloosa, and you used him both in, on offense and on defense, kind of as a swing, tight end, slot receiver kind of guy, this uh, to do it everything, and then he was flying all over the field on on defense, making plays everywhere. I was just blown away with him that evening, seeing the athleticism, and then a couple months later, you joined one of my old colleagues, Ryan Fowler, on Tide 100.9 to talk about Deontay Lawson, and I specifically remember you comparing him to an older uh, one of your former players Derek Brooks which is just like a uh, massive uh, massive comparison <laughs> how, how do you see well, the two of those guys being kind of uh be, be at least athletically similar yeah De- Deontay's actually a little bigger than Derek was as far as height but um Derek, Derek Brooks is one of the greatest players of all time we had him at Florida State. He's in the he's in the NFL Hall of Fame. He's multiple Pro Bowler, but Derek Derek was a guy that was about being a great football player and being a part of a great team all the time. And those are the intangibles that I talked about with Derek, uh, with Derek being compared to Deontay. Deontay studies the game, and he's kind of no nonsense when it comes to games. In fact, uh, they of a game, uh, you know, preparation for big games. He always prepared and performed. And uh, Derek was the same way. They say now, legend is about Derek Brooks is that, you know, the players hated being around him after practice because all he wanted to really do was talk about the next opponent in the game, you know. But uh, I don't know. I think Alabama's got a great player in Deontay. Some of the fans probably don't know. He's had a little bit of a knee problem. They've had to kind of trim and do some stuff, but he is really excited right now about this season. In fact, uh, coach held him out, you know, in the spring and they, but I think he's going to have a phenomenal year Uh, for us. As you mentioned, he did everything for us. I mean, if the, if the game was on the line, I was going to make sure he was involved in some way, whether it be short yardage offense, goal line, throwing the ball to him, whatever we had to do. And uh, because he is a guy that makes plays. And and I always challenge my players. I've done it ever since I was a coach at Alabama. You know, great players, and I think that's what you're going to see in him. Now, I do have another player here, too, that is currently committed to Alabama, Joe. His name is Sterling Dixon, Jr. And uh, uh, there's been a lot of write-ups about uh, Sterling and, you know, I mean, just a tremendous pass rush guy, edge guy, but he also can play linebacker. Uh, Sterling made first-team All-American, Max Prep, first-team All-American as a freshman on their freshman team. Wow. Uh, and so ever since that day, and he committed uh, quite a while back, but the other teams have not stopped. I mean, LSU, Auburn, everybody, Clemson, anybody you can name has tried to stay in there with him. And we've had – We've had some transition at Alabama. I'm talking about with uh, defensive coordinator now is Kevin Steele. But um, he has remained committed. But the other schools have not stopped. Joe, it's been crazy. What's that like for you as, a, as his high school coach? I mean, it, So it, hopefully, I, I think he's going to make December. an official visit the weekend 16th. Yes, sir. That is correct. Uh, I, I, he committed I in December, and he has – 
Go ahead. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. No, no, you, you can. No, he's got his official visit, uh, not this weekend, but next weekend at Alabama. And, uh, you know, I know Kevin Steele is a phenomenal recruiting coach. He's not just a great defensive coach, but he does a great job. And he's gotten in on this thing a little late. But uh, he is just doing a phenomenal job. So I think after next weekend, hopefully, you know, this recruiting can stop because, gosh, I mean, the pressure that they put on highly recruited kids now, Joe, is unbelievable. Is that distracting for you trying to lead a, lead a program, trying to get ready for 2023? With a, I mean, you don't want the kid to be to d- disregard his recruitment, but you obviously want to get ready for 2023. How is how does that play out for you as a head coach? Man, that is the whole key. And see, that's what was so special about Deontay Lawson. He committed early, and he told them all, "I want to take care of my team." It's really why. Sterling committed early, but, uh, man, they have not slowed down on him, the other teams. But, yeah, hopefully we can get this behind us because we've got an excellent football team this year. Our defense has traditionally been really good. Uh, Charles Lawson is our, my defense coordinator, and he's a former linebacker at, at Southern Miss, and he does a great job with these guys. But hopefully we can get this behind us soon, Joe. For not just for Sterling, but also for his teammates. A hundred percent, Coach. We're, we're talking recruiting, and so this kind of leads me into a, another topic. You, um, how, you had a, a time recruit, uh, as recruiting coordinator at the University of Alabama, and uh, we, we're familiar with the Albert Means situation. I wonder how you, uh, going through the Albert Means situation, and now having highly recruited high school players and NIL being really legal now. How does your what is your opinion on NIL and how does NIL being legal now change or impact kind of your experiences in in sports? Well, the NIL, but most I tell you, the portal is what has changed everything. Uh, I think, and and because the portal has created a situation where it's almost like NFL roster management. I mean, earlier this spring. Uh, Hugh Freeze at Auburn, you know, went through a spring practice and had some quarterback issues. And almost immediately after the the spring game, he mentioned that we're probably going to look for help in the portal. Uh, We've not had that in years past. In fact, when I was a recruiting coordinator, there was very little transfers. In fact, if it was a transfer, it was a problem. Something has happened. But today, I mean, it's – the kids are constantly looking uh, here at Mobile Christian. Uh, I had four kids in the portal this last year, uh, two that left Western Carolina to go play in a junior college now to better their opportunity. Uh, had a young man named Andreas Fox that played at Stanford, had been went to Fresno State, and now I think he's going to go to Memphis. The point I'm making is it's just a way of life now. You know, the portal is such a situation that, you know, we, we're we going to have guys come and go. The people that it's hurt, though, Joe, are high school kids. If you're not a four- or five-star guy, you may get left out to have to go somewhere else to play to get in the portal to get where you want to be. Coach, how much consultation do you, do you yes. receive? or do you? I don't know. That's just changed. But NIL, 
Man, it's the wild, wild west as far as monies and opportunities for those kids. Ironically, this week, there was an announcement that there may be a spring football league for high schools. Uh, a former USFL executive is going to start a spring football league, which is just going to be more of the same stuff that we're talking about. That's nuts. You talk about having multiple players in the transfer portal this this offseason. How much are you being consulted by those players or by those players' parents about, hey, should I jump in the portal? What kind of opportunities uh, will I have? How well, much do you get consulted still? Well, it, it just it doubles and triples the work that we have to do as high school coaches. It doubles and triples the work that college coaches have to do. I mean, it's like I have to do. You have to deal with your players multiple times in the process. But I tell you who I feel bad for is the college coaches. You go through the process of recruiting a class, and then you're going to have to constantly be recruiting your players to keep them there. Um, one of the guys that I think that just personally. When the Mitchell kid left the University of Georgia this year, I mean, they've won back-to-back national championships. When the Mitchell kid, who's a great wide receiver, phenomenal person, left and went to Texas, uh, that shows kind of the NFL roster management type situations that are happening. You know, he must have got a better deal to leave Georgia to go across the country to play at Texas, uh, you know, the, the desire or opportunity to win three straight was not the issue. He took a new deal to go to Georgia. And, Joe, I don't know how what we're going to do with this. I, I don't know I don't know how we're going to – it's going to be a constant change, but something does have to give on the, on the NIL and the portal. Absolutely. Uh, I think they will eventually create a smaller window for the portal because – these college coaches, they're, they're recruiting year-round now because kids are available. And, and it also means – I coached at Troy years ago when I first started. Troy was a Division II team. At that time, we had a good football team. Chan Gailey won a, a national championship there. But, see, it's a lot of the players that we had at Troy that ended up being NFL players, now they're going to get pulled out of there – to go to bigger schools. It's just going to be a constant transition. And I don't know. I don't like how it's going. I love college football. I'm really interested to see how they're going to deal with it and keep it going. What has Deontay told you, uh, or have you spoken to him, about the incoming transfer? Speaking of the portal, uh, maybe his inside linebacker running mate this year, Tresman Marshall from Georgia, another Georgia guy who's hit the portal, uh, playing right into your example. Has he talked to you about what he's noticed about, uh, from Tresman Marshall? Well, the one thing that he has expressed to me is there's not going to be a drop-off, I don't think, with this football team. I think they're going to be outstanding on the defensive side. Um, he did talk to me once about before the transition of the coaches, but I know he likes Kevin Steele a lot, and uh, they like him. The coaches like him. Coach Bala came by and visited here at the school. Uh, I think they there's a little bit of feeling bad about not doing better last year with this team. They want, they have something to prove. And I think 
they're going to be really strong this year, especially on the defensive side. Most of the discussion, I think, around here has been who's going to be the quarterback. But defensively, uh, they, they're pretty stout right now. Absolutely. Coach, what's your relationship like with the University of Alabama, given your time that you've worked there and the drama that you experienced there? But now coaching in the state, what's your relationship like with the university? They've been good to me. Um, it, it was a bad experience for me when it was going on. Um, you know, I I feel like that throughout the, the, the different situations that I've gone through, I've proven – that I was not involved in things that have been alleged, but uh, I love Alabama. I always will. Uh, it's it's a very very unfortunate situation what took place. Mike Dubose had done a very good job for the for the Crimson Tide football team, but you know right now in college football the expectations are so high. And Nick, I think Nick Saban has created some of this with the success he's had as a coach. You know, everybody wants their programs to be like what Nick's is. And so there's not a lot of patience with college coaches anymore. They're spending a lot of money for those guys. And it's creating create an environment where, man, you better win or they're going to they're going to replace you. But, uh, no, I have no regrets. I know God carried me to Alabama and it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. I, I think many times that probably had I not gone, I would be retiring at Florida State right now. I mean, during this time but no I don't have any regrets I I was there in 1999 when we won the SEC championship uh Sean Alexander and Chris Samuels was on that team Cornelius Griffin we had a great football team what's never really told is the year before we played at uh at the Music City Bowl up there and we just got hammered but uh you know, Chris Samuel, he was ready to go. You know, he just, man, I've had enough of this. I'm going to get out of here. Uh, Sean Alexander, same thing. Man, I'm going to get out of here. But we talked talk to him about, you know, that was probably the best recruits that I had since I was there. And I'm not talking about me recruiting. I'm talking about keeping them another year. Right. Sean ended up being in Heisman race next year. And Chris won. He won the Outland Trophy for the top linemen in the country. But, uh, no, my experiences were great there. Uh, I just, you know, I, I, I like that my kids want to go to Alabama. I would never not want them to go to Alabama. I, I think it's a great place. But right now, the kids that I have on, in my program, LSU, the top programs in the country, you know, Clemson, everybody's coming here trying to get them. So when one chooses Alabama, I like it. I, I don't ever say to my players, "Hey, you got to go here, you got to go there." That's that's not my job. Job is just to create the opportunity for them to go see and visit. Well, coach, you actually you, you must be stealing my notes here. I've got I've got all my notes here, and Chris Samuels and Sean Alexander's are, are on my notes because earlier in the week, uh, the College Football Hall of Fame announced his 2024 ballot, and the 23 ballot had Chris Samuel and Sean Alexander on them. But this coming year's does not. We would talk. We had a big kind of discussion about the College Football Hall of Fame, but just two two minutes on those players and how special they are, and maybe the crime that it is that they're not uh, considered for the College Football well, Hall of Chris Fame. Well, Chris. Samuel. Chris Samuels is from Mobile, Alabama, which is where I am located now. And, uh, you know, Chris was a not a highly recruited football player. He was a D-line. Mike Dubose recruited him personally. 
Bradley. And uh, when he got to Alabama, he quickly found out that he was very, very athletic as an offensive tackle to transition quickly. But he is a fine person. He's very famous, ended up being a pro bowler and, and a great player. Uh, so Mr. Schneider, uh, Norv Turner, the head coach of the Redskins, met with Chris when they kind of finalized the deal that they were going to draft him in the round. And Chris just did a phenomenal job for them uh, and a real, real asset for the Washington Redskins and for the University of Alabama. Shunning uh, my son, Daniel, Daniel Alexander Cottrell after him. Oh, wow. One of the finest people I think I've ever been around. Uh, both of those guys were great leaders during the situation of the last season. Uh, they did a phenomenal job in their last season of really doing what it was to be successful. I don't know. There's a lot of great players out there. But those two would have to be in the very, very top group. Well, I, I, I hope they do get back in that Hall of Fame again. I hope they get a chance. Absolutely, I think they. I think they absolutely deserve it for everything that that you just laid out for us. We we, we touched on Derek Brooks, and you we touched on touched on Florida State. I think I'd be doing a disservice to if I didn't ask you maybe what you learned from Coach Bowden or your time, maybe a big takeaway from your time with Coach Bowden that you still carry on into your coaching today. Say that again. I'm sorry. Uh, you, we've already talked about Derek Brooks, and we talked your about question. your time I'm at sorry. Florida State. That's okay. We've talked about Derek Brooks and, and your time at Florida State. Can you tell us about any 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 big lessons that you took away from Bobby Bowden, or anything that Bobby Bowden taught you that you're still carrying in your coaching today? Well, Bobby Bowden, we lost years ago. It's a big loss for the college football community. devotion and a prayer coaches would do the devotion and either the coach would pray or he While we were at Alabama, I mean, she met Florida and we had Chris Winkie and Charlie Ward. Uh, Charlie Ward, um, Char Charlie was an academic All-American at Florida State. Pantesco to come in. So he sat out His first year of college, he sat out, took a few hours, passed it, and then came in in January. Of course, he goes on to be the high Knicks uh, in basketball. And then we also had Chris Twinkie, ironically, another Heisman Trophy winner who was a two-sport player. Chris reported as a freshman the Toronto Jays. And he came back later. I can remember he called me at 2 in the morning and said, Coach, I'm ready to come back. This was like four years later. He came back, 
as a 22-year-old starting quarterback led us to that national championship. And now Florida State was a phenomenal experience for me. I was there almost 10 years. And uh, I don't know, I just cherish the time I had there. But I, I will say again, I'm so glad that I had the experience to be a part of the University of Alabama. We made so many good friends there. And the one thing that was unreal to me was the support by the fans at Alabama. I mean, that first spring I went up there and I mean, the place was packed out. It was before, you know, other schools here in the United States have really made an emphasis over spring games. Uh, Alabama support was just incredible. Well, Coach, I really appreciate your time today. Let's get you out of here on one more kind of topic with Sterling Dixon, your four-star linebacker who's coming up. He's going to be a senior this year. You've already kind of outlined that the the, the colleges won't stop calling him. Uh, one thing I've noticed in some of the write-ups is that Alabama might be looking to use him as an inside linebacker role with specialized some pass rusher, but maybe LSU has enticed him with a Harold Perkins kind of a role, kind of moving him around. Do you see him fitting one scheme or another or, or excelling in one area or another at the college level well first of all you know i hate it when you when we worry about the first year you know the first year of playing <coughs> excuse me most players you know you got four years to participate and they're going to develop at different you know pace but i think he's going to be a phenomenal football player, whether he plays inside or outside. Sterling has an extreme, just a gift of vision of seeing a play as it unfolds. And on every play, at the end of the play, on that last frame of the film, he's in it. I don't know how it is, but he's going to be involved where the ball is. He is a great pass rush guy. Florida State, we used to be a 4-3 team, and we'd have two ends, and those ends were upfield guys that were going to rush the passer. He would be perfect in that. He can stand up and play an outside linebacker uh, like in a 5-2 look or a 3-4 look for other teams. And um, he could also play inside linebacker, but uh, I don't know. Kids select colleges for different reasons. Uh, I think he loved Alabama in the beginning because of the development side of what Coach Saban does. And uh, when he goes up there, I, I think if everything is the way it was before, he'll, you know, he'll be right there at Alabama. I think I heard him say today that he's ninety percent committed to Alabama, uh, but I mean. We won't know until it's over just because of the way recruiting is, Joe. I mean, those those coaches are relentless. And by the way, if I was coaching at Alabama and Sterling was my recruit and he was committed to Georgia, I would still be trying to get him just like <laughs> these other schools are. I mean, he is definitely worth the effort for these other schools to try to get. But I, I still feel like he's going to end up at Alabama just because of the, uh, the relationships that have been built with Coach Saban. Coach Cottrell, this has been a huge pleasure for me, and I really, really appreciate the time you've cut out on your Wednesday today. Is there anything that our listeners can can do to support you and your program or anything you want to tell the listeners or as, as Mobile Christians getting ready for its next season? Well, you know, we're in a great profession, Joe. I mean, we deal – Yes. both of us deal with the greatest game in the world, with the greatest kids in the world. 
I mean, football is is an awesome entity, and uh, it drives us all. Uh, at Alabama, I mean, what Nick Saban has done is just incredible. Uh, we're a very small school. We have 270 students in our high school, and I tell everyone the greatest part about Mobile Christian is the high school itself, the school. We have K through through 12th grade here, and for us to, we have a lot of success as far as kids going to college. Um, I don't know. It's I just feel really blessed to have been involved. This is my ninth season here at Mobile Christian. The first year I was here, I was co-head coach with Tommy Wiseman, and so. I mean, we've spent a lot of time here and feel blessed to have had it. But if you're ever in Mobile and you want to come to a good high school game, come over and see us. And and uh, I just encourage them to go out and see games in their community because there's a lot of good kids playing out there. And I think, you know, I know if I was not a football coach right now, I would probably adopt a team in this area and follow them. You know what I'm saying? I hope, I, I wish some other people would do that in their communities as well. Absolutely. I feel the same sort of way about West Alabama. It maybe isn't quite as up to snuff as the Mobile area, but I, I, I enjoy following the kids around here just the same. Coach, this was a huge pleasure for me, a huge blast for me, a, a big blessing for, to have you join us. Uh, Chris Walsh does want me to pass on his hello as well. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you very much, and uh, go left. Yes, sir. Go Leopards as well. That's Ronnie Cottrell joining us on the Joe Gaither Show, and we had a huge blast talking to him. What a what a blessing to have great stories. I am in love with Deontay Lawson, to be honest with you. I think he's going to be a bad, bad man. Uh, thinking back to 2018, Rashawn Evans, I think he's going to be kind of a C.J. Mosley type. I'm really, really looking forward to seeing Look, it's been a minute since Alabama has had an attitude, you know, a hard-hitting inside linebacker who's getting out there and getting it done. So Deontay Lawson, I'm so, so excited about him. For all you listeners who hung out with us today, I really appreciate you hanging out with me today. I know that Coach Cottrell's internet connection wasn't as, wasn't great, but I hope you got some great information from him. Speaking about NIL, speaking about the transfer portal, it sounds like he's still involved really heavily with the players who are out there in college, helping them make decisions Look, it was a great conversation for us. I'm looking forward to seeing what Sterling Dixon does. We'll just kind of recap. Last week, he went to LSU on a visit, and LSU kind of stung the put the bells and whistles out there in front of him. Seems like he's coming to Alabama on a on an official visit this weekend or next weekend. Coach Cottrell said the 16th, so that's going to be next weekend. Will we see Sterling Dixon officially pretty much lock in his commitment and shut down the recruitment after that? I don't know. It sounds like the colleges will not let that happen as they all want to get his services for 2024. For Chris Walsh and Bama Central, this has been a fun show today. I really appreciate Ronnie Cottrell joining us. You can share the story. You can share the interview to anybody who might be interested in finding out more about Deontay Lawson or Sterling Dixon. I want to remind you, tomorrow on the program, we're going to have Blake Byler. Blake Byler, a blue-collar unplugged. Yes, that podcast we've been telling you about on Bama Central's broadcasting network, blue-collar unplugged. Blake Byler is going to be joining me tomorrow to talk about Grant Nelson, uh, Kaluma recruiting, Alabama transfer portal. The Alabama roster has gone all kinds of different directions, and Blake Byler will join me tomorrow to talk about Alabama basketball. Then on Friday, we're going to be joined by Will Sanders. Will Sanders, 2024 offensive lineman from Brookwood High School, 15, 20 minutes away from me. 
Will Sanders just got an interview or just got a uh, scholarship offer from Alabama and from LSU and many, many others. So we'll talk to Will Sanders about his recruitment on Friday. So for Chris Walsh, that's the man in charge. For Coach Ronnie Cottrell, that's who joined us today. Joe Gaither is me, and you are the listener. I appreciate everybody hanging out with us. We'll be back tomorrow for a wonderful Thursday right here on the Joe Gaither Show on Bama Central.